Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, everyone. It's Akena here again, and it's another episode of the Iconic Womanhood podcast. Today, I wanted to share on something that I get a lot of questions about, and it really is the origin of the title of this podcast, Iconic Womanhood, and the work that I'm doing in this season, particularly in the Iconic Woman Mastermind, and what is to come in 2020, watch this space. There have been some extraordinary shifts that have been occurring, not only for me personally, but from the work that I do and the women that I get to work with who are truly iconic that have really grounded this knowledge and grounded the curriculum in the mastermind. To call it a mastermind is kind of like a It's an incomplete term. It's a transformation program, and it's phenomenal, not just because I put it together, but because I actually have gone through this, and I still go through it regularly (laughs) because uh, it's really transformative, and it's um, a blend of spiritual and practical, and and it's all woman and all fabulous. (laughs) Uh, And as you can tell, it gives me joy to, to do this work and gives me joy to share with you. So the question that I get a lot is this notion of womanhood and feminine leadership. I posted something on my Instagram sometime a few days ago, and uh, or last week, and uh, I was dancing in this ultra-feminine dress. It was floral, it had movement, and I was having the time of my life. <laughs> I was expressing my inner brown skin girl. I was dancing to that song, which I love that song. And I was just feeling every bit of the woman that I have come to be and have come to love from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet. I just felt thoroughly grateful to be in this life, in this body, in all its imperfections and perfections and all its imperfect, perfect permutations, I was just, I was joyful. And I think when you watch the video, you can tell I felt graceful. I felt free. I felt very free to be feminine, free to be myself. And I wrote a caption that it was really directed to the old me, but also the women that I know that struggle with living their lives in this world that is designed for the masculine and trying to be successful in a mode that is very kind of masculine energy mode and they feel depleted, they feel run down, they feel let down, they feel like they've lost part of themselves. You know, I meet so many women that are in that space where they have been operating in this mode, this particular path to success that that they've been taught, and it's still being taught. I mean, that's 
what we know, like you set your goals, you get your strategy together, you grind, 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 hashtag hustle. And, and this is what is being taught as a path to success. But for so many women, it's not working, or even if it does work, it's not, it's not sustainable. And even if it is, seems to be, it's not sustainable. I know that, but even if it can last for a few years, it costs them quite a bit. It costs them quite a bit. It costs, it can cost you relationships. It can cost you friendships. It can cost you your health. And if nothing else, it can cost you your joy. There are so many women that I realize and I meet, and this is what informed the work when three years ago, when I started doing the research, three and a half or four years really, started to do the research, started to have this inquiry as to why we were living this way. It was because I was meeting and connecting with women that were, you know, bosses, they were making things happen, they were, they were just go-getters. But in spite of the success, they were really, it was clear that something was missing in their lives. It was clear that they were struggling. It was clear that they were unhappy. There were some of them that you could just see that the, the spark had died within them in some ways. And, and I could so relate to that because for so long I was like that. And I'll tell you a little bit about me in a minute. But then the other women I met had kind of morphed into toxic versions of themselves. They were angry, they were rude, they were cruel sometimes. These are the kinds of uh, women bosses, and, and men as well fall into this category, but I'm talking to women today that, you know, they are brilliant and inspiring, but the people who typically work under them are exhausted, stressed out, unhappy, because they approach life they approach their work, if anything, from this wounded, masculine place. So it's not just that they're leading with your masculine, which is the way we've been taught to lead, but they're now so depleted from a lack of being in their feminine. And also other things have caused them to be in a place of woundedness because because they're leading from their masculine, they're depleted. They're also not appreciated the way they need to be appreciated. There's a piece of themselves, their womanhood that is, is being lost. And so they enter into this state of wounded masculine and they're dominant, confrontational, sometimes just difficult in, 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 in ways that honestly at the heart of them, it's not who they are. And very often when you meet these women, they are in one mode at work and people who know them outside of work are like, are you kidding me? She's awesome. But when they're at work, they're kind of like, you know, yeah, you, you get it. And if this sounds like you, I want you to kind of get comfortable because I'm hoping that this podcast will give you some, some insight as to what's going on and also not only that self-awareness, but the tools to begin to shift a little bit on some level. The truth is that this, what I'm going to talk about today, is a full-on module. Like this is a, it's beyond, I, I, do, I do teach a masterclass in this, but we go deep. We go deep in the retreats that I hold. We're having that retreat in Puerto Rico in, in just at the end of this month, actually. And um, I do this in the mastermind, the six-month program is all infused into it because I do believe that 
for you to be the leader you're called to be, the feminine leader you're called to be. It is the path of iconic womanhood. So I take them through all of this. So I'm going to really try to bring you some actionable things in this podcast, but I'm just telling you up front. There's only so much we can do in a podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, you know, this is resonating with me and I want to go to my next level, but I don't want to do it the way I've done it, or I know there's more, or I have already started on this journey, but I really want to like walk with a group of people and I want to go deeper and I want to just, I want to shine as brightly as I can. I want to revel in my womanhood. I want to settle in my sovereignty. And you're listening to this. I want you to go to iconicwomanmastermind.com and check it out. And sign up to be on the list because when we open it up, we it's not open right now, but it will be open in November. And it's opening in November for our early bird people because the cohort will actually start in January. And it is going to be extraordinary. We have already gone through three cohorts this year and it's been great. But next year, I've taken all of the learnings and all of the, you know, things that people have asked for and things that we've discovered. Okay, we need to put this in. We need to make that more robust. We need to take that out. So this is a refined, more elegant program. And the first program was so good. The first cohort was so good that the ladies in the first cohort actually asked to create the next level. And so they co-created the next level with me because they went through the six months, had paid for the six months and like, well, we're happy to pay more because this was so valuable and we don't want to lose this. So we want to stay connected and we want to keep doing the work. We want to keep masterminding. And so there's a next level that is invite only after you complete the six month mastermind. And that tells you that the value is there when, when women are saying, well, I want to continue. And it's not even that I pitch them. They're just saying, let's, let's do more. And so in response to their, their question and their ask, I created something that is actually even more fabulous because the first part is really the transformation work. And then the second part, the circle is this fellowship and masterminding and we are leveling up but it is also a celebration of our iconic womanhood so i really want to encourage you if you're listening to this to check that out and make that investment in yourself and do it in november so that you can get in on all the early bird specials that uh and the bonuses that i'll be giving out in november so you want to get on the list right now be the first to know and uh, for those of you, my listeners in uh, Nigeria, we do have people in Nigeria who join. We have currently people, we have someone in Nigeria, we have um, South Africa, we have, um, I think we have, we have someone in Europe as well. So you can actually join from wherever, but I actually also have some special things planned for my Nigerian community when next I'm in the next I'm on the continent. So again, stay connected so that you can get the info. So this is really for you if you're just feeling burdened by the way you've been trying to you've been trying to pursue success, the way you've been taught to pursue success. If you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling depleted, 
if you feel as if you've lost your feminine mojo, there's something missing, you've lost the joy of life, you want to reconnect to that, this is really for you. So settle in, okay? Because we're going to talk. And I'm really going to be talking about this idea of the feminine. And the question that I, I was asked, I told you guys I posted something on my Instagram. And so someone had asked the question because I talked about how it was really okay to be your feminine self. You, you can be feminine and be powerful. You can be soft and be powerful. You can be uh, loving. You can be all the things that we associate with femininity and still be powerful. And someone had asked how. And, and had expressed frustration because of the way that she had experienced life in a male-dominated uh, world, a male-dominated industry where femininity seemed to be put in boxes and disregarded as a true power base. So I wanted to respond to her and, and share a little bit about what I'm talking about. But let me let me tell my story a little bit, right? So you know that not only am I a teacher of this, this, what I'm going to share with you and what I teach in the mastermind is literally what has put the sparkle in my eyes and the swing in my hips and the joie in my vive. <laughs> it is also what has allowed me to be much more successful as a speaker, as a teacher, as a coach, as a writer. It's what allows me to have this presence that people describe when they uh, connect with me. And this is not self-described. This is what people say, that you have this presence about you. And I'm telling you, this is the path to you developing your iconic presence, your iconic womanhood. So a few years ago, I remember I was on a list. This is actually more than a few years ago, right? A number of years ago, I should say, I was on this list of the first, it was kind of like the first honor because I've had other honors since then. But I remember that this was like the first honor and it was so kind of, it took me aback, right? It was a hundred, the hundred most inspiring women in Africa. And I remember that day feeling excited about the actual list, the most inspiring, because that really mattered to me that I would be inspirational. And since then, I've been invited to uh, quite a few places. I've been listed in other lists. I've been honored. I've been invited to keynotes and um, and other things. And the best is yet to come. I'm excited and grateful to God for the ability to do the work that I do and the opportunity and the opportunities that keep coming. And I'm deeply, deeply humbled and and excited about the possibilities in my future. But the truth is, once upon a time, I felt invisible. I felt like I was never seen. I didn't know or value my gifts. I didn't know or understand or develop my womanhood. I was like a faded version of myself. And I felt worn down by trying to fit into other people's expectations, and, and I denied my own self-expression. I found myself often censoring my thoughts 
and I didn't share my wisdom. I didn't even trust it. I dressed to hide myself rather than celebrate my curves. And I never felt comfortable or really allowed the spotlight to rest on me. I didn't honor my desires. I didn't invest in myself. I didn't even see myself as something necessarily worth investing in. And I don't know if you can see yourself in any of these lines. I find that even the women who make a lot of noise and talk about how they have such high self-esteem, many of them fall into these categories as well. It may look a little different, but quite honestly, a lot of us are masking. So some women have this false bravado that they're masking this feeling of, of loss and this feeling of, of not being seen at their truest form in their truest form and not being appreciated. I was playing small. I was playing small for so long. I allowed myself to feel less and to be seen as less. And I remember one day, the day came that I began to fully step into my womanhood. There are a number of things that precipitated that, but I'm just going to say that I began to fully step into it. And Honestly, it was as if life just opened up and blew me kisses. Honestly, opportunities just started to show up. I found my voice, and guess what? The lady can sing, honey. At first, when the shift started to occur, and and it occurred because I had learned certain things and started putting things in practice, and... At first, I was afraid. I was uncomfortable. It was out of my comfort zone. There were things that now come very naturally to me that felt so foreign. And I say this to women sometimes, you know, that when you decide to shift even back into yourself, because you've been operating a certain way for a long time, it will feel unfamiliar. And sometimes we read that unfamiliar feeling as inauthentic, but it's not. It's not inauthentic. It is just unfamiliar. And when it becomes familiar, then you can actually measure, is it really you? And I have found so much about myself that I had put aside in a corner, never felt permission to fully embrace. And it's really me right? I'll give an example. I did a a photo shoot with this blonde wig. Now, I don't know that a blonde wig is really me, but that little va-va-voom piece, let me tell you, I had so much fun. I was bippity-bopping with the wig, and yes, girl, mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, I had a good time. And I realized that initially when I first put it on and they gave me bright red lipstick, this whole thing, it was like a transformation (laughs) of sorts. And I think every woman should explore something like that. Just have a little fun. And at first I was so like, this is not me, but let me tell you, they put that music on and I was like, yes, girl, uh uh-huh. You know, I don't slay, I work. You know, I strut. Sashay, I was having this great time. And I discovered that 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 is me as well. And, you know, so there's parts of you that you haven't explored, that you haven't seen for so long. And when you allow yourself to get connected to your womanhood in that way, you will find that life becomes so much more enjoyable. It is so much more fulfilling. And not only that, 
when you connect to your womanhood as well as understand the leadership component and the success component, which is what I do in the in the Iconic Woman Mastermind, we bring all of these things together. So it's not just one thing, because I've seen programs where people talk about being a high value woman. And, you know, those are great programs, but a lot of those programs are performative. Be a high value woman so you can attract men. Do this so that you can do this. And honestly, I think the deepest power is when it's not about performing for anyone, when it's about embodying the woman you were created to be. So be a high value woman, but not for anyone's gaze, but because you are a daughter of the most high God and you need to show forth his glory. So I I'm so excited about the work that I've been doing and even this because my goal is to help women like you discover your inner icons so that you can step more fully into your divine and soulful self, to help you lean fully into your passions, to help you connect to your most joyous self. Because I truly believe that every woman is an iconic woman. Every woman has the soul of an icon, that unique thing that makes her extremely rare and valuable. And my job, my pleasure, my goal in everything that I do is to help you cultivate your iconic womanhood, your own iconic appeal. So today I want to talk, give a few pointers about the difference between the weakened feminine and the empowered feminine. The iconic womanhood, the iconic woman is an empowered feminine. The reason why the ladies, people often think negatively about uh, femininity is because it's often in a weakened form. And it's not true femininity. It's not the true power of femininity. In fact, I'd like to read... Amaka Bell, Amaka LaBelle on Instagram left me a comment and I'd like to read what she said because I really honor her willingness to ask the hard questions and, you know, show up for everyone else that is questioning and not necessarily wanting to say anything and, and to be transparent and vulnerable because asking questions is not always easy. So Amaka LaBelle, you rock. Thank you for your question. So I had written, so let me just first read what I wrote. I said, you can be soft and still be powerful. You can be, you can trust your feminine energy. You can trust your intuition. You can operate with grace and still be successful. You can be in flow. You can lead from your feminine side if you want to. I love being a woman. Every last girly bit. I didn't always recognize the power in my femininity, but once I did, my world opened up and I finally started to feel most like myself. And that is really the truth. That is the God, God's honest truth. I feel most like myself right now. It doesn't mean my life is perfect, but in the midst of my life, I feel everything. I feel alive. I feel so fully alive. And I talked about being the woman. I said, be the woman God made you to be. Balance your feminine and masculine energies. And remember, there's no wrong way to be a woman. So Amaka then asked this amazing question. She said, tell me how. How does one remain feminine in a male-dominated industry or environment? And then she goes a little further to say, 
True femininity won't get you respect, as some people will take you for granted. In a world where femininity is almost synonymous with weakness or being a bimbo, a a lot of men will only see the beauty without content, and it's painful as women are always objectified. One has to be strong, almost macho, before you're taken seriously. So um, and the comment goes on, but I'll stop right there because I think that a lot of women can kind of relate to what she's saying and and what they what they see as femininity is this weakened version of it. And because that's what they see, they don't and and if you're in the weakened version of anything, you're not going to be powerful. And so because that's what they see, they do not want this lack of power. And so they are, like any reasonable person, determining that they're going to go towards power and success and, you know, do it through the masculine. And that that makes complete sense, right? However, even the fact that she commented is that truth, that true yearning for herself, right? And and she was very gracious in her comment because we, we had... Um, an interchange on inter is that the right word an interchange uh, an exchange an exchange yes we had an exchange i love it when i can find the word uh on instagram and we talked so she was very gracious it wasn't she wasn't comf- you know being confrontational she was asking a genuine question and i gave her a genuine answer so i wanted to talk about it here today to go a little bit deeper into it so Typically, what we think about as feminine, and and this piece about it being um, the weak when you're feminine, you're weak. What we know as feminine energy, all of us have masculine and feminine energy. Most women lead from their feminine, or are designed to lead from the feminine, and most men are designed to lead from their masculine. I don't know if that's the correct term or choose to lead or prefer to lead might be a bit better, but um, easier for some people to swallow. But, you know, I also think it's by design. And when we operate in that way, we're most, we're most ourselves. But when we operate outside of that, it takes from us. So if you are someone who naturally, who is designed to lead from your feminine and you lead from your masculine, you'll get depleted. You'll feel overwhelmed and you'll you'll just you won't feel like yourself. Now, does it doesn't mean that when you lead from your feminine that you don't have any masculine because you do need that, you know, yin and yang, so to speak. You do need that balance. So the idea is for you not to just be all feminine, but you're supposed to have a little masculine. Same thing for the men. You're not going to be all masculine. You have just a little feminine energy. And this has nothing to do with affectations. This is not about, you know, frills and curls and, and all of that. This is not about being effeminate in your expression. This is not about that. This is about energy, which is different from how you choose to show up. So I think sometimes when, when, uh, masculine alpha male types here you know have you need to bring up your feminine side they think you're saying something different become more feminine which is not the same thing at all uh the same thing when you say to some woman where you lead with your masculine and they're saying well i wear dresses every day that has nothing to do with it you can look as feminine as as you want to look but it is not the essence of you and it's the essence that we're talking about 
So when we look at healthy feminine energy, when we look at, you know, empowered feminine energy, that person is loving, nurturing, creative, intuitive, allowing, receptive, all of that falls under feminine energy. When we look at healthy masculine energy, then we're looking at someone disciplined, focused, directed, goal setting, all of that is that healthy masculine energy. But often what happens is people show up in their wounded states, their wounded feminine or wounded masculine. So for example, someone who is in the wounded feminine, so she is not empowered. That is that person who shows up as insecure, very needy, in a victim state, very powerless, very weak, very overly emotional, codependent, and, you know, wishy-washy. That's that disempowered feminine. The empowered feminine is, like I said, she can be in flow, she's trusting, she's receptive, she's creative, she can be vulnerable, but she's also strong. She's also has boundaries. She also is grounded. She also is capable of getting things done because she has that balance. So when I heard her uh, Amaka LaBelle's comment, I, I knew that she was referencing what she had seen was that feminine that's showing up in the wounded state. And because that's what is commonly seen, a lot of people ascribe that to femininity. That person who is manipulative and, you know, uses her sexuality as a bargaining chip, uses her femininity as a bargaining chip, you know, and it's, it's not, it's a disempowered place. There's also women, like I said, when you're in that toxic space, because what happens is initially you might say, well, you know, we've just got to be almost macho, like she said, to get ahead. And so you start leading with your masculine and you are trying to be, you know, you're focused, like I said, you're logical, you're disciplined, you get those goals, you're, you know, results oriented and that seems okay, but the more you get depleted, the more you it breaks you down because there's a dissonance from not being yourself. Then you, and then often what happens when women are in that state, there's actually a cost because the society actually penalizes women who are ambitious, who are all of that. And it's not that you can't be ambitious, by the way. So the empowered feminine is ambitious. I'm all about, this is what we're talking about with iconic womanhood. Like, be iconic. Go make things happen. Yes, your ambition is not the issue. But I had a guest on this podcast some time ago. Actually, my very first guest, Siza Kellen, she shared authentically and transparently about challenges she had had in her first leadership role. And even um, she talked a little bit about her marriage ending. And 
she had talked, she'd asked the question, I'd asked her a question about, is there a cost to successful woman? And she had the most divine response. She said, I think it's about how we wear our success. And when you're in leading from the masculine, especially if you're designed to lead from the feminine, if that is your deep yearning, when you're leading from the masculine, it's like you're wearing something that doesn't quite fit for you. You tend to wear that success in a way that is an affront. But also society isn't quite, there's a, it's a double thing, right? So there's both you, your responsibility and what you're bringing to the table, but there's also all these biases against women that you're dealing with. So it, get, it gets to be a lot. And so you can shift into wounded masculine. And when you're in wounded masculine, that's when you're aggressive, you're controlling, you're competitive, you're abusive. That's when you're attacking. That's when people are exhausted being with you. So that these are all signs that you're in the wounded masculine state. And it can happen with, you know, so some women who are saying, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be like those weak women. And I've seen that happen where you see women who they are, they want to be successful, they are successful, but they burn through their teams, they burn through their relationships, they are difficult to be around, they are cruel at times, they're condescending, they're not very likable, and it's not that everyone has to be liked, because sometimes people are not going to like you, people don't like me sometimes, and that's okay. It's not like you have to cultivate everyone liking you, but there are times when they're just people that, you know, it's just hard to be around them because they're, they're, they're nasty. They throw shade. I know the word nasty is not really the best. It's not the most elevated word, but sometimes that's what it is. They're just contemptuous. They're dismissive of others. They, they lack compassion. They lack empathy. And that's when they're that in that unhealthy, disempowered masculine, that wounded masculine. And it's because they're not, they're, they haven't stepped into the fullness of their womanhood. And so that's what a disempowered feminine looks like. An empowered feminine woman, an iconic woman, looks a little different. So an example is the empowered feminine, that iconic woman, she doesn't compete. She looks for synergy and mutual win-wins. While the disempowered feminine, the wounded feminine, will allow herself to be victimized, will allow herself to be, you know, run roughshod over. She comes to the table, she doesn't, she won't negotiate effectively, or she'll let people just, you know, take advantage of her. And then she'll complain and say, I've been victimized. The woman who is leading with the wounded masculine will be the, the aggressor. She'll, you know, be mercenary in her approach. She'll run roughshod over everybody. She doesn't care. She's only focused on her win. She's that mean girl. So the, the empowered feminine, the iconic woman doesn't do either of those. She is looking for the mutual win-win. She's looking for synergy. She has the ability to negotiate fairly. She has the ability to say, that will work for me without being confrontational. She can, she can say no. She can say yes. She is in a good place, but she's also saying, listen, I want this to work for you too. 
so she can advocate for people as well. The empowered feminine does not entertain or seek out drama. The disempowered feminine, the wounded feminine, thrives in drama. So does the wounded masculine as well. The wounded masculine is always like, yes, girl, let me tell you, I let her know. I put her in her place. I wasn't going to take it. That's the wounded masculine. Like, you know, aggressive, controlling. I wish she would. Confrontational. That's wounded masculine. Wounded feminine is, oh, will call everybody and their mother, look at what she did to me, look at how she treated me, look at what he said, and he just did this, and I'm so betrayed and all of that. That's wounded feminine. Wounded, uh, but empowered feminine, what that, that looks a little different. Empowered feminine can, if you go through trauma, you go through a situation where something negative has happened and someone has done something, will say, okay, and deal with the trauma because that's life, right? So you may not show up as your best while you're dealing in the midst of the trauma, but eventually will pull up and say, well, what can I learn from this experience and how can I take my power back? The empowered feminine does not allow herself to be continually victimized. So she will set boundaries. She will say, okay, you know what? You've shown yourself as someone who's not safe. You've shown yourself as someone who's going to devalue or disrespect me. So I'm going to set a boundary. You will not have access to me. I will not engage at this level. I will not put myself in those situations where I feel unsafe, devalued, or disrespected. That's what an iconic woman does. That's what an empowered feminine does. This is just even the base level. This is like iconic woman 101. Okay, because when we get to the top level, let me tell you, it's a whole different ballgame. Because you're doing all this and you're doing so much more. You literally are settling in your sovereignty. You are rocking your crown and things start to happen for you. Things start to happen. You start to be manifesting amazing things. You start to be a powerhouse. And people, when you're if you're watching women right now, if you're seeing some woman and you're like, how is she doing it? Oh, I, or maybe you have a twinge of envy. Listen, don't beat yourself up. That's normal. It's okay. But let that drive you to make yourself better. Let that drive you to explore who you can be. Stop being angry with people for shining put some sunglasses on and go get your own shine, right? So the empowered feminine is open, receptive, curious, and expectant. She is willing to explore new things because she believes things are unfolding for her. The disempowered feminine does not have that belief. She thinks everything, that's that person is like, oh, it never works out. It's always going to be wrong. You know, nothing ever works. They always, you know, they, they won't get, they will never let you get anywhere. They're always trying to hold you down. The system is broken. Like, and because, and all of those things may be true. There might be racism. There might be sexism. There might be a broken system. All of those things may very well be true. No one is taking away those truths. They are truths that we're all working to change. That being said, well, we're not all working to change that. Let me actually walk that back and say, I pray we are all walking to ch- working to change that. But 
an empowered feminine recognizes that despite the inequities that may exist, despite the inequalities, the culture of inequality, despite all of that, she knows that there's possibilities available to her. She operates from a place of spiritual knowing. This is why I talk about the consciousness, the consciousness of an icon and, and, and what you need to do to elevate your consciousness. This is why the programming, the teaching is so transformational. The first few modules, when people go through it, they're like, it's like mind blowing. And let me tell you, we have had, I've had quite a few PhD holders in the program, and and these are not fluff degrees. These are they're quite a few academics actually, sitting professors who are in the program. I've had physicians, uh, lawyers. I've had a number of lawyers in the program, right? So we've had educated people who are very learned, but this stuff, when we go through these modules, it's always like, whoa, wait, what? It is so transformative. And it is not, you know, I've, I've seen, sometimes people are worried about programs because they're like, oh, it's just going to be all woo-woo. And when I say woo-woo, I mean like airy-fairy, that's what some other people call it. It's all spiritual or... um or whatever word they want to use for it. Listen, I believe we're spiritual beings having a physical ex experience. So we can't negate the impact of that. And, and as a Christian woman, I share from my faith base, and I share from the way the Bible illuminates truths for me and illuminates spiritual laws. And I share from those those, those deep learnings I share from that, of course, but I also bring in high-level strategy and and leadership tactics and and understanding around you know studied understandings around organizational leadership that I come from, as well as social emotional intelligence. So I bring all these things to the table, and this is why this is such a rich program, so that women can shift from being disempowered to being empowered feminine beings to being iconic women because the disempowered feminine i just said empowered feminine is open they're open receptive they're wanting to explore uh new things the disempowered feminine is fearful she is fearful about everything she is oh no that won't work for me i i remember once watching actually yeah watching a video a lady that I follow online and on social media, and she's always dancing. She has a boutique, and she dances, and it's—I think—it's the most brilliant way to to sell her market, as we say in Nigeria. And she clearly is doing well. And so she'll wear the clothes and she'll dance, get our attention. And and often I'm like, oh, I wonder where her boutique is. I should get one of those things, right? Because it's successful. Draws your eye to it. And I remember I was with a lady once and I, she was saying, can you imagine? I was watching the video and thinking, oh, she's so, and I was bopping because I was like, yeah, come on. Because I was getting, I was catching, I was catching her vibes as I was watching her. And the lady that I was with said, oh, you watch her? Isn't she so disgraceful? Oh my God, I can't believe that she's out here doing that. Does she know how old she is? 
And I was kind of like taken aback. I was like, what? She's amazing. She's like, no, like I could never do that. So then I asked this lady, I said, are you on social media? She said, no. I said, do you have a business? No. Do you like, she's not doing anything. She's just criticizing. She has a PhD in criticism, but she, uh, you know, has not even gone to kindergarten about actually doing anything. It's so easy to sit in the stands and criticize people who are actually getting down and trying to make things happen. But I realized that she was in a disempowered feminine state. So she was sneering and, uh-huh, no, that's, you know, that's not good enough or whatever. All of that contemptuousness, dismissive, devaluing behavior of others is disempowered feminine. And so I could see that she wasn't in her empowered state. Had she been in an empowered state, she would have not come from a place of no and come from a place of yes, come from a place of, you know what, let's see, let's be open. Let's see what's going on rather than, oh, I could never, oh, that's just, um, that's beneath me, yada, yada, yada. You know, I, I don't have time for that. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, you're not actually doing anything elevated at all with your life. The empowered feminine. Let me just get through the next thing because I'm like, I want this to be not as long <laughs> as it's looking like it's going to be. But the empowered feminine allows herself to be loved and catered to. And she does not linger in places where love has left the table. You know, I think it was Maya Angela that said, you have to learn to, oh no, it was Nina Simone. You have to learn to leave the table when love is no longer being served. Ooh, now that's, if that's not a teaching, if that's not a teaching, the disempowered feminine stays at that table where love isn't being served and stays in the victim. Why won't he love me? Why won't they love me? Why isn't this organization appreciating me? And they're just never letting me get ahead and they're not appreciating me, da, 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 da. In fact, the disempowered feminine, even when they, let's say he leaves Let's say it's a relationship, and let's say he wasn't appreciative, and he and he leaves her, you, or leaves the disempowered feminine for another woman. She still stays stuck in that place, and even when she meets somebody new, she finds it difficult to believe that she is going to be loved. She finds it difficult to to really lean into it because she's stuck in that victim mentality. But an empowered feminine woman, an iconic woman recognizes, okay, love's not being served here. (laughs) I'm not going to take it personally. You know, I may be filet mignon and you may like Chuck, you know, that's your thing. I may be, you know, the Ritz Carlton and you prefer camping outside. That's perfectly fine. Your preference has nothing to do with my value. And so if you aren't going to show up in this relationship, then that's fine. If you're not going to value me, then I'm going to go where I'm loved and valued. And when I get there, I'm going to allow myself to be loved. That's something that you see a lot of women do not do these days. And it's little little pieces of love. So someone says, can I help you with your bag? You're like, no, I got it. Can I, may I do, may I pour some water for you? Oh, that's okay. And often it comes from us not wanting to be a burden to anybody, not wanting to inconvenience anyone. But 
Listen, when someone is wanting to show you love and cater to you, let them. It's a gift that they're offering to give you. And you know it's more blessed to give than to receive. So give them the opportunity to be blessed by giving to you the way they desire to give to you. I know I was one of those, I got it people for so long. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'll do it. I'll just take care of it. And then I would be resentful and I'd feel unappreciated and and not cherished. I wouldn't feel good. But then I tell you, I told you that life has opened up and is blowing me kisses. <laughs> now I have learned. I let me share with you. I was at um I was at a speaking engagement and the person who had brought me in to speak when I was leaving I had my bag because I was going directly to the airport and she asked a young man had come up to talk with me after my talk and had shared with me how it had resonated with him and we were talking and the organizer had come up and said please I want to leave her in your hands can you make sure she gets into her uber to take her to the airport all of that and he said, I'll take your bags for you. Can I carry your bags for you and all of that? And he took my bags. And I think I just had, I don't know, a shawl, something really minimal, right? I felt so catered to because he took everything and he walked with me and he was so gentle and, and so kind and and walked and he waited with me till I got to my Uber and we had a great conversation and he put my bag in the trunk. And he when he put my bag in the trunk, he said, this bag is so heavy. <laughs> and he said, um, how are you going to get out of the trunk? Now, of course, I can carry a heavy bag. I put it in there. But I said to him, and I really meant it, I was like, oh, um, the gentleman driving will help me with the bag. And he said, how do you know he will? I said, he will. There, He's a gentleman. He will. And he said, I like that, that confidence. <laughs> And it occurred to me that I had shifted into a way of being and thinking. Uh, and and now, quite all right, there are some men who are so self-centered and, and brutish. They don't show up for you. Quite all right. That's 100%. I've, I still experience them. They're all about themselves, and I leave them to their devices. But when you step out in your fullness of your womanhood, you tend to attract the attentions of men who are in their masculine. Well, you attract a lot of attention, period, but you pay attention to those men who are whole and healthy in their masculine. And you bring you bring those ones close. So you allow yourself to be loved and catered to. And I promise you, you know, because if you have been going through the world, I got it, and you really do believe, or you've been going through the world as a disempowered feminine, believing that no one will come to your rescue. I'm not talking about having this idea of Prince Charming type of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about, you know, you are a person in the world with loving people. In fact, let me tell you, can I tell you an affirmation? If you've been feeling like no one is loving you, can I share an affirmation that I have? And I repeat affirmations every day, multiple times a day. I have them scheduled to come up every day. So here's an affirmation that I started repeating 
to myself because you have to program your mind, program your body, program your feeling, program your life. You you have to speak into yourself what you desire, speak into your, your atmosphere. You have to do all of that. And when you do that, you'll see things change. So listen to this. And if you are someone that feels like you haven't been loved and you haven't experienced a lot of love, feel free to take this as yours. And I wrote for myself, and, and this comes up every day, as long as I live, I will experience love in all its beautiful and wonderful forms. I believe in love and have loving relationships in my life. So that's an affirmation that you can use because I promise you this is truth. When you step into your womanhood, when you step into the fullness of your empowered feminine, you will start to experience life this way. The empowered feminine allows herself to be vulnerable. She shows the truth of who she is, but she does not cast her pearls to swine. Your vulnerability is like a pearl. Not everybody can handle it. Not everybody knows the value of it. Some people will crush it underfoot. You do not put yourself in dangerous situations. You don't give your vulnerability to people who are so wounded they would use it against you. They would be to they're toxic. You don't do that. You find safe spaces and you cultivate safe spaces and you're intentional about safe spaces. And when you do that, then you have places to be vulnerable. You allow yourself to be vulnerable. And when you come into safe spaces, you allow that to happen so that you can receive the beauty. Vulnerability is such a powerful thing. And I'm not going to talk about that here. That deserves its own episode. And honestly, Brene Brown has done such groundbreaking work on it already. Go read any of the works that she has written go you know go check her out and she's broken it down so that it is completely uh, broken down i don't need to go deeper into it but the empowered feminine allows herself to be vulnerable the disempowered feminine is not careful about where she exposes herself and as such can get really hurt easily and i know this and when i talk about the disempowered feminine Please don't feel any judgment if any of this sounds like you, because I lived that way for a very long time, and it cost me. And the good news is, the minute you decide that you want something different, you can change your life. Finally, I want to say this last piece, or actually there's two pieces, but this last piece. <laughs> the empowered feminine is sensual versus being just sexual. So, so many women, you know, they're all about showing their bodies and it's all about the body and their sexuality. And sexuality is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But when it's all about performative, performing, it's performative for the male gaze. I want to attract that person. I want someone to validate me because you're seeking ex external validation. I need those likes. I need someone to tell me I'm sexy. I need all of that. That is not a, an empowered feminine place. An empowered feminine, you know, she does enjoy her body and her and the way she looks and and shows it off but it's not from a place of 
I want to, I, I want to walk into the room and be the best person. I want to show off. I want to, I, I want, I have to slay and I have to, none of that. It's not from that place. It's really a deep level of appreciation for the way God has created her. When she looks in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, you should be able to be looking and say, wow, God, thank you, Lord, for making me the way you made me. Thank you for making me beautiful. And I'm going to celebrate and show forth your glory today. I'm going to show off my skin. I'm going to show off my hair because you made me beautiful and you deserve to be glorified. So, that's where it comes from. It's from a different place because you are already validated by the Most High God. You're validated by the fact that you're a child of God. You are not looking for external validation. So there's so many pieces to this. I've just kind of touched on a few things. And I hope that this has given you a chance to think about the way you're showing up and giving you permission to explore your feminine energy and your feminine side, if you want to learn more about this and if you want to elevate into your iconic womanhood, honestly. And this isn't this wasn't meant to be a pitch. It's not meant to be a pitch. I'm literally telling you because I know how powerful this shift is. And I want you to live this life that is rich, that is joyful, that is fulfilling. And I also want you to be empowered and powerful and be able to make things happen and to have influence and to walk into a room and own it, to be highly valued and highly compensated, honey. I want that for you. And the path to that that I have to offer is the Iconic Woman Mastermind. It is powerful. And so I really do hope that you do something good for yourself and go to iconicwomanmastermind.com. Get on the mailing list so that I can tell you once we open up. And even if something goes wrong there, DM me at Refresh with Ekina on Instagram and say, I'm interested in learning more. We'll put you on the list. Send me your email address. We'll we'll handle that. We'll we'll get you on there. Although if you're empowered, You'll simply click the link and take care of it. But feel free. I'm happy to help. We're happy to help. My team is standing by, happy to help you because we want 2020 is the year of the iconic woman. I'm declaring it the year of the iconic woman. So I want you to come along with me and be your most iconic self because you have the soul of an iconic woman and you deserve to live your best life. So Go to IconicWomanMastermind.com, click the link, learn about the program, you can read all about it, and click the link and join me next cohort and make 2020 your year. 2019 can still be your year, but 2020 is going to be an even more fabulous year, and I'm excited to see what's coming through the pipes. So live your best life, smile, be happy. Remember, you are stunning, you are beautiful, and there's absolutely no wrong way to be a woman. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Be well.